Some of the greatest stories in rock and roll history are of those artists that are filled with talent, they're filled with charisma, and they have the uttermost focus on making it happen. Whatever it takes through hard work, through persistence, and through determination. Today on the J-Rod Concerts podcast, we are very pleased to welcome Chelsea Williams. Chelsea, a fantastic and over-talented singer-songwriter from Los Angeles, releases her new record, Beautiful and Strange, on May 8th, tomorrow. You can find it wherever you stream or get music and more information on ChelseaWilliams.com. Chelsea has a fantastic story that took her on a journey busking in Santa Monica for many years, being discovered to being in a Super Bowl ad for Chevy and hitting the big time. Chelsea's songwriting is second to none nowadays. It has the most beautiful blend of realism, authenticity, and just pureness that is hard to find, with a tinge of fun and, yes, a little bit of the dark side of what's going on. Ladies and gentlemen, I invite you to listen to Chelsea tell her story and to get her beautiful, beautiful and strange album tomorrow, May 8th, wherever records are sold. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Chelsea Williams. <laughs> oh my God, Chelsea, how are you? Thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Same here, absolutely. We're thrilled, we're thrilled, thrilled to have you here. Uh, big day for you tomorrow. Beautiful and Strange finally comes out. And, um, you know, we'll get to it so, um, from what we've heard. It's a very exciting record, and um, we'll, we'll definitely get to it. But I wanted to start off by asking you, you know, first of all, how are you? How have the past, you know, two-plus months been for you with this situation? Oh, man. I mean, we're, we're doing all right. I live with my husband. He's also my musical partner, and so we're lucky enough to be quarantined together. We're not quarantined alone, which is great. Um, but, yeah, it's been weird for sure. It's it, when, you know, I had this whole tour planned that was supposed to happen to support the record, which didn't end up happening. So we've just been having to adapt. So it's been like interesting, heartbreaking, but also like this weird version of like, you know, it's, it's, it's wonderful to get to adapt and figure out new ways of connecting with fans as well. So <laughs> it, it sure is. It sure is. Absolutely. And um, yeah, and we'll actually get to some of your songs later because it's like, it, it, you were like forecasting the future, but we'll get to that. Uh, but yeah, super excited to have you because your story, your life story is something that honestly, if, if they sold it in Hollywood, some people would be like too fake. Like, <laughs> this is, this is uh, no time for Disney movies like this, but you, it's the most wonderful career. Just, just reading and researching about your career is like inspiring. It makes you think that anything is possible, which it is, you know, with enough persistence, talent and focus. So really happy to have you here. So, let me start with your early life. So you moved to LA as very young, right? Yeah. And, and your mom and your grandpa had like musical background, uh, correct? Yeah, that's right. And what were some of your first uh, memories of music growing up as a, as a young child? Oh man, um, my mom used to have jam sessions in our apartment building in the, in the Valley in Los Angeles. And she would invite friends over and they would just sit around with their guitars playing music in our living room. And some Saturday nights, I would fall asleep on the couch listening to them play. So that's one of my first memories of music. That's good. That's a good yeah. memory. Yeah. And it, and it explains why you were writing songs, like at the tender age of 12. If I'm yes, that's when I started writing. I mean, my first official song was at five, but I don't oh. know where that one is. That one's long gone and lost forever. But <laughs> So what, what does a five-year-old or a 12-year-old, for that matter, write, write about? You know, it can't be heartache or, or maybe, who knows? 
I, I had some, <laughs> I had some crushes going at 12. I, I definitely, I was an early romantic. So a lot of it was about love. Some of it was about the world around me. I definitely always have written from personal experience, even at 12. <laughs> even at 12, even at 12, you're just pouring yourself on the paper. Exactly. <laughs> That's great. That's great. That's great. Okay. So at 14, you joined a band of blues players with, with some older, older people. And, um, and then you get to this really crucial chapter and beautiful chapter, which is the Santa Monica Promenade. Yep, Promenade. that's right. And, and for those that don't know, the Santa Monica Promenade is like an outdoor shopping mall in, 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 in Santa Monica, California. Mm -hmm. And um, so you were 21. You started busking here. So first, why did you gravitate here? There's so many places in LA, you know, Venice Beach or Hollywood by the, by the Chinese theater, whatever. What made you gravitate to this particular area? Um, it was just, it happened to be the first one that I, that I checked out. I actually, the very first time I busked was in Glendale at a mall in Glendale, California. And somebody there told me about the Santa Monica promenade and I figured I'd check it out. Um, and so that was just the first place that I checked out. I did end up also busking in Venice occasionally, mm. but I just, the, the amount of people and their willingness to listen was just better on third street promenade for me anyway. I, yeah. I think break dancers maybe did better in Venice and folk singers maybe did better in Santa Monica. <laughs> well, you're saying don't expect Chelsea Williams to do a break dance in the encore in her tour. Right, right. I'm right. still working on it. Maybe one day. <laughs> maybe one day. Okay. In the Beyonce years, we'll, we'll get yeah. there. <laughs> Great. So, so you were, you know, you were really, you get to the promenade and you're really, you know, you're really focused, working really hard four days a week, you know, five hour days. For those of us that haven't been in that position, first of all, just take us to like the basics. Like, how do you do those five hours? Like, wh where do you go to the bathroom? Where do you take a break? It, like, how, how is the structure of a shift like that? Right. Well, there's, I mean, there's a lot of little ins and outs and things to talk about um, there. But yeah, basically how you, how you do it is it's first come, first serve for the spots. <laughs> so I'd get there really early, sometimes waiting two hours for my favorite spot, which was in front of this restaurant called Barney's Beanery. Um, which would give me, sometimes they would give me free pancakes after my set. So that was nice. Perfect. <laughs> exactly. Perfect. Yeah. And then, you know, you do learn the best bathrooms. I can tell you that you're not supposed to use the Banana Republic bathroom if you're not shopping there, but it is definitely the nicest bathroom on Third Street Promenade. <laughs> there you go. Pro tip, pro tip from Chelsea. You didn't That's hear great. it from me. Don't, don't tell them that you heard it from me. Don't go trending the hashtag or anything like yeah. that. <laughs> That's great, Chelsea. Okay. And uh, okay. So you, you, you know, you said you had a really good connection to the place. You sold a hundred thousand copies of your CDs um, in your time here. That's, that's amazing success. Um, you obviously were building momentum. How did that feel as, you know, as your music was being, you know, positively received uh, in the area? How, how did you feel? Um, yeah, I mean, there's really nothing like busking because even, even, you know, I've, lately I've been playing a lot more indoors. Well, the last two months I've been playing a lot more in my own house, <laughs> but busking is its own little thing because nobody really goes to the third street promenade or goes to the street to see music. So you have to, you know, build an audience of your own right there on the spot. People, you have to stop people in their tracks and build a crowd. And there's nothing like the feeling of of that accomplishment and and it's also so intimate because people are close they're right there with you you know when you're mm. playing in a venue the audience is dark they're far away there are lights on you there's this sort of separation but when you're on the street it's just like you're hanging out you know it's just like you're having a conversation with the audience so. definitely it's very raw must yeah. you know very good okay and and then one one day i assume kirk pasik 
the yes. um, president of Blue Elan Records walks by? Or yeah. how, how is that encounter uh, with him and, and, and that momentous moment? Yeah, well, I, I missed I missed the first momentous moment. He came up to me. Um, <laughs> he came up to me and gave me his business card and said, "I want, I love your music and I want I love your songs and I want you to make the record of your dreams and I want to pay for it." And he gave me his his card, and I forgot. I like I didn't look into it. I, I get cards frequently on the promenade, and I never know who to take seriously and who not to take seriously, and. It's, it's hard, sometimes it's hard to weed out the, the good offers, you know what I mean? And, and that was a day that I, for some reason, was feeling a little bit overwhelmed and I didn't check it out. So then the next week he came back, luck, lucky for me, and gave me his card again. And he said, no, really, seriously, look me up, look up the label. And I did. And I found out that it was legit and it was a great offer. And here I am on my second record with them and I couldn't be happier. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. And, then, and then right around that period... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is when you have a couple high-profile uh, media things happen. One of them is the Chevrolet commercial, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah. And the Maroon 5, and the Maroon 5 um, video, video appearance, which, yeah. um, you know, one of them is, is a commercial for a Chevrolet, I forget, I forget the car, and the other one is a Maroon 5 video for um, playing for change video of their hit Daylight. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that, that's obviously such a big moment for anybody, mm -hmm. for an artist. Uh, and it happened so quickly, these two things, such a huge outreach. I mean, I remember seeing you just from a consumer perspective. And, and it, it, you know, I, I subconsciously remember it. It, 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 was, it right. struck a chord. How did it feel like for you, this, this big moment? How, what was it like? Um, sort of incredible. I mean, the, the Chevrolet commercial came first, and that just came out of left field. I got the audition I think somebody maybe saw me playing on the promenade and then called a couple people and it somehow got that got to me and I, I got the audition and I walked in and there were like a hundred other girls that looked kind of like me. <laughs> um, and the audition was for a busker. So I was like, well, this is, you know, maybe I can actually do this because I'm not an actress, but I am definitely a busker. I can play myself. <laughs> yes, method And I acting. ended up, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I ended up actually booking it, which was incredible. It's, you know, the first major acting gig that, I, the first and only major acting gig that I booked. So that was thrilling. So um, nice. Mer yeah, it was amazing. And then it ended up getting played on the Super Bowl. It was a Super Bowl commercial, which is just, I mean, my mind was completely blown. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. And the Maroon 5, the, the Playing for Change Daylight video, I had no idea. So, so Playing for Change, I had heard of before. I had a documentary that they did on Third Street Promenade years ago, and I've seen them around online. So they do these amazing compilations of musicians from all around the world, people playing on the same track, and they put it all together. And it's this beautiful, unifying, awesome thing that they do. So when they approached me uh, to do a, a Maroon 5 song, and so they, they videoed me on the Third Street Promenade singing Daylight, they did not tell me, however, that Adam Levine was also going to sing on it. They didn't tell me mm. that. <laughs> I thought we were just covering his song. Yeah. And, and when I first saw the video on VH1 and I saw Adam Levine pop on the screen, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was it's like you have Chelsea Williams in a coffee shop, and then you have sweaty, shirtless Adam Levine. I know. <laughs> exactly. Right? <laughs> Segway. But, yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was another thrilling moment for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, that, that, I mean, that's astonishing. Astonishing story. Okay, and when I get into, your, into now your first couple albums, but really quick side note, The Salty Sweet. It's like a side yes. band you have. 
but I was, I was curious about the first show you have. Is it true that it was in a prison? <laughs> it actually is true. Yeah, we were playing in uh, Paso Robles. So mm -hmm. uh, we were on tour with uh, another singer-songwriter that they were playing with. Um, they were also in his band. Um, and it was sort of like an on-the-way stop that we played for a high-security prison for the mentally insane. I know, yeah. So they, I guess they had a, a rec room there and we like all filed in. I was wearing a dress and they stopped me at the door and said, you can't wear that. You have to put pants on. <laughs> it sounds like you were going for your Johnny Cash live, at, you know, live in the yeah, prison record. It was crazy. Know? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't bring any, any pants with me. So I ended up wearing one of the guy's sweatpants under my dress. <laughs> it was not the most glamorous gig, but it was still, we had fun. We had fun. Everyone was, was great. Oh, that's, that's 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 <laughs> outstanding great story so now we move on to your you know to your to your career and, and the first of your two records um and as this was happening you got named into rolling stones you know top 10 new country artists you need to know you st you're still blossoming on the side and then comes boomerang in 2017 mm -hmm. a record that takes uh six years to just say from 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 your end um produced by ross garand it's, it, it's fantastic, everyone that wants to listen to it. It's got a great mix of indie, lush pop, American, really unique sound. Tell us a little bit about this record, uh, Boomerang, in 2017. Yeah, um, so this, this record was a real turning point for me. I had just, um, I had just, I had signed a deal with Interscope in about, Interscope Records in about 2013, thinking I was going to release a record, thinking it was going to, you know, I had made it, you know. But that record never got released and they ended up trying to push me into a really pop direction, sort of this weird, they, they set me up with R&B writers, like it just wasn't me. Mm. So lucky enough, that deal fell through. So I, I was released and I, I got all my masters back and it worked out the best possible way. Fast forward a couple of years and I meet Kirk Passage. Now I, I was a little bit wounded from the deal and hadn't really, I had been writing, but I hadn't recorded anything new. So I had all these songs built up for six years. And, sure. and then all of a sudden I had budget to make a record for the first time because previous to that, I had just been making records on my own or just, you know, with garage band in my bedroom or just like really simple, like guitar and vocals. So this was the, Boomerang was the first time I actually had a budget to work with. And it was really fun to get to kind of like paint with these musical colors, like strings and Mellotron here and horns and all kinds of keyboards. It was, it was really fun. <laughs> that's, that's, that's great. How do you look at this album, you know, three years after? Um, some of the songs were really personable, but also, like you say, some of them maybe came from, from almost, you know, seven, eight years ago now. Um, how do you look at it today? Um, yeah, records are interesting like that. It's, it's almost like having a photo album from a certain period of time that you can look back at and, and you know, it sparks memories. And yeah, I, I, think, I think it was a really great stepping stone to where I am now. And it was an important growth and learning experience for me. Yes, yes, yeah. I agree. I especially love the rawness of the sound. It's not no Pro Tools. It's very, very core, very beautifully made. And now we move to Beautiful and Strange. Yeah. which comes out tomorrow. So this must feel like the birth of like a baby, I, I assume, right? Like, what are you feeling right now? It's, it, it's uh, mere hours before the world gets to experience something so personal. Like, what are you I feeling? I, I'm nervous and excited and exhilarated all at once. I, I can't even express the amount of emotions I'm feeling right now. Yeah, because 
we have been working on this record. I mean, I guess, gosh, I've been writing for this record for the last two years and we've been working on it, the recording side for the last year. So it's just been this like long process and now it's finally here and it, like, it feels kind of surreal. <laughs> oh, that's formidable chills. Can't wait to heal the whole, the whole thing tomorrow. There's uh, a couple tunes and, and I alluded to this uh, early, quickly in the beginning about how you seem like you were like ahead of the curve on some of these things. Okay, so the title track, um, it, seem, you know, it seems like you're talking about times of uncertainty, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, find, and finding like uh, peacefulness in these times and also Wasted, which is your first single. Um, it's filled with sunny pop hooks, even though it's like a little bit of a dark theme to it. Right. So I'm wondering like, do you like how how are you how are you connecting like your songwriting to today? It seems like you were prophetic about it. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, beautiful and strange is about uncertain times. I you know I've been feeling, especially the last couple of years, the political climate has gotten incredibly divided, and it's been kind of a scary time, you know. Um, so that's that's sort of where that song sparked from. But man, when I sing it now and and in these current times, it feels incredibly poignant. So. Yeah, I don't know how that, sometimes it just, sometimes that just happens. Yeah. <laughs> you could have been singing about, I don't know, Airbnbs and, and <laughs> things that are like ceasing to exist by the day. Right, exactly. exactly. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Okay. And, you know, the song Dust. There's, there's a lot of great songs and we can't wait to hear them all tomorrow. Uh, everybody, ChelseaWilliams.com for her new release, Beautiful and Strange. But like songs like Dust, um, you know, Beautiful imagery, hallelujah, just becoming dust. Uh, talk to us about the recording for this song. Do you, did you record it in the, in the bathroom? Is, is that correct? Yes. Well, we did the band tracks at um, Waystation, um, Waystation Recordings with Dave Way, but we did the vocals at home in our bathroom. On, it was like, I think super hot that day. I think it must have been like 105 or something. Um, and we were recording in the bathroom because it sounded nice and sort of using that as a, as a vocal booth, but it was so hot and the overhead light was super hot. So I turned that off first and lit some candles instead <laughs> to try to cool it off, but it was still too hot. We had to turn the AC off because it's going to make noise while we record. So then like each take, I just started like <laughs> taking off a piece of clothing. It was just so hot. So I ended up recording the vocals to dust in the bathroom, in the dark and my skivvies. <laughs> that's wow the, that's, that's the a great story, story. It, it, it's it's a great story let me tell you it sounds like those hotel california when you hear about the eagle stories that's that's a story it's gonna go down in lore um <laughs> so chelsea of course you know I, your influences are very are very big on you um you talk about them openly and, and they certainly come across wanted to talk to you about uh, john john prine oh yeah um unfortunately he recently passed a, a legend and you made a beautiful um performance of Angel of Montgomery uh, mm-hmm. online on your Instagram. Tell us about Prime. Uh, how did he influence you? Did you ever meet him? Uh, how did you find out about his death? Um, I never got to meet him, but I've been a fan since I can remember. Um, I grew up listening to him. I, I, you know, his, his lyrical content and his storytelling ability. I think you could take all the music out of his songs and just create short stories of them. And they would be, you know, literary works of genius, in my opinion. Um, so anyway, that said, I've always been a huge fan of him. I got to see him at the Greek Theater in Los Angeles a couple of years back. Incredible live performer as well. Great, great storyteller in between songs too. Mm. Um, and so I, I was, I was honestly heartbroken when I, I mean, I, I had, I heard of his passing 
like about 20 minutes before I was supposed to go live on Facebook and I was like crying and just trying to like get myself together. And so I ended up playing his song in, in tribute. Yeah. Because, you know, what, I mean, what a huge loss and what a, what a fantastic gift he was to all of us. Definitely. And, and that makes sense because that performance is actually really heartfelt uh, right. that you make. It has, a, it has a, a little extra edge and it makes sense that you had just heard of it. It just right. comes through. It's a beautiful, beautiful performance. And um, you talk a lot about the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Um, to, you know, in fact, in, in the new album, in a few songs, uh, Mosky Gun and Something Sweet, you reference them. You, you reference uh, While My Guitar Gently Weaves by George Harrison. Mm-hmm. You do a bunch of stuff. Tell us about the Beatles. What's your favorite album? Uh, do you like the Beatles with drugs, without drugs? Like to, to talk to us about, about your love for the Beatles. Oh man, I'll take the Beatles any way they come. I, they're <laughs> one of my favorite bands of all times, which I know is not a novel thing to say because a lot of people love the Beatles, but I'm, I'm a huge fan for sure. Um, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band is the, my favorite record of all time. I guess, I guess that's probably post-drugs, right? If that's like, maybe that's like at the start of when they, started, the getting, start. when they yeah. started getting experimental. So that's my yeah. favorite. I also had the White Album, which I learned a lot of songs. Most of the Beatles covers that I do are from the White Album, which is nice. great. It's a nice mix of like weird production, but also there are a couple songs that are just like, folk songs you know blackbird mm. is just it's a folk song oh, yeah. it's guitar yeah. and vocals you know Beautiful. yeah sure norwegian wood as well exactly yeah. exactly mm-hmm. yeah good point good point oh chelsea that's great i mean look you've been so generous with your time it's been you know i could talk to you for days but um <laughs> i guess i could finish off with do you still go back to the promenade um i haven't been obviously for the last two months but before mm-hmm. that yes i did occasionally go back to the promenade and i'm actually in talks with downtown santa monica's instagram page and i might do a busking set from their page at some time in the in the near future so that's that's the next best thing (laughs) yeah definitely chelsea thank you so much for your time i hope that you get on the you're able to play the songs live sooner rather than than later yes absolutely (laughs) because uh you know just from the ones that are out they deserve to be they, they deserve to be heard live and I'm sure it's going to be a great experience, Chelsea. Thank you so much. Uh, Beautiful and Strange from Chelsea Williams. ChelseaWilliams.com comes out tomorrow, uh, May 8th, uh, wherever you consume your music. Chelsea, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Good to talk to you. Of course. Bye. Thank you. (laughs) Bye.